Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Juliet Lippman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Did you happen to catch the world premiere of Harley Cameron's music video on Dynamite last night? God. Oh, God. I wish I didn't. I really wish I didn't. <laughs> well, it uh, was something. It was it something. Was, to, it was something. Um, but it, it got me thinking. And also just coming back from, from Rosenberg's wedding. If you could pick one pro wrestler or pro wrestling personality to perform at your birthday party, who would it be? For at least the last 14, 15 years of my life, I was trying to finagle a way to get Jeff Jarrett to perform Rap is Crap. No, not Jeff Jarrett. Uh, was it was it Kurt oh, Henning? Rap is Crap. Yeah, that was Kurt Henning. Kurt the, Henning? The, oh, my uh, gosh. The, the yeah. West Texas and Rednecks. Yeah. The West Texas Rednecks. I mean, Lord. I know it's impossible. God rest his soul. But if there was any way, like, if Kurt Henning just happened to still be amongst the living while Wally Mania was going on, <laughs> I, I would have I would have given anything to have Kurt Henning perform rap as crap with the with the West Texas Rednecks. Who are the who are the surviving members of the West Texas Texas Rednecks? Are they still alive, dude? Uh, Barry <laughs> Darsaw, I think. Um, okay, okay. God, I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh, it was gosh. a lot of uh, Kindle um, uh, uh, Rotunda. Okay. Okay. Can we get Can we get Joe Henning? Can we get Michael McGillicuddy to to do rap as crap? Uh, he might be available. Like he should be available. Wait, I'm looking it up now. Let's see. Kurt Henning. Oh, Bobby Duncan Jr. Barry ah. Wind, Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, and Curly Bill, who was uh, that's Virgil's name as part of the group. Uh, Bobby Duncan, uh, Pat, I believe, is no longer. Yeah, Bobby Duncan Jr. no longer with us. Okay. Barry Windham obviously still kicking. Kendall Windham still kicking. Uh, we'll get their kids. We'll get their kids to perform the song. Listen, there's only been like a handful of like extremely successful wrestling forays in the music. And like it, coincidentally enough, one of my favorite ones is one that's disparaging my favorite genre of music, <laughs> which is which is rap is crap. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that would be my answer, but uh, all the other ones, a good you amount of them. You don't want like a, like a slow battle rap between Max Caster and John Cena? Oh, or? God. Uh, well, you know, listen, John Cena, John Cena, oh, he, he doesn't almost, he almost doesn't count, right? Like, he, he was too good. You know, they got a platinum album to his name and, and, and actual performances and actual bars, but... I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm still a little salty that Max Max Caster didn't show up to Wally Mania, so I, I'm, I refuse to judge any of his music outside of his uh, intro 
uh, bars until he he corrects that. <laughs> um, are, are you are you familiar with the Rock's hip hop work? Uh, it's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Just making yeah. sure that's a oh, big yeah. hit in the in in, the, in my family automobile. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so Tech Nine. I was about to say shout out to Tech Nine. I'm I'm pretty sure the the, the pen was working for him, but the delivery was just. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. If, if you haven't heard Tech Nine face off featuring uh, Joey Cool King Iso and Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you should check that out. I guess it doesn't matter which was the. Was that that was like the it wasn't the Fuji's proper right that was just like the refugee camp or whatever that, that was that was Wyclef in the refugee camp yes. yeah it does it man and he didn't really rap on that the Rock just kind of threw in his DJ Khaled ad libs throughout the song mm-hmm. which which fit for that time which which I I, I appreciated but yeah, yeah nah it's, it's it's a short list man <laughs> it's a short list. I think I would just do I think there's a lot of wrestling fans out there if you want to go wrestling adjacent. Yeah. That would just be really happy to have like Jim Johnston and whatever band he threw together just performing all the hits of, oh, of just your being childhood. The, the wedding house band or something. Yeah, like that. wouldn't that be great? Or or you know, Mouth of South Jimmy Hart. I'm sure he could uh, just give him give him a call. I'm sure he'd be like set up for an hour, hour and a half set. You know, he'd oh, figure out. Oh, for doing battle stuff. raps. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to the Usos running it back one more time. And <laughs> oh yeah. The Usos are actually they were actually pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. They they had some talent. But. What about Keith Lee just crooning? Like just oh, Keith, yeah. Keith Lee oh, singing like the God. slow soul hits of the <laughs> 60s and 70s. Uh, you know, I I haven't really heard Keith Lee f- sing a full song. I've only yeah. heard Keith Lee with, you know, a couple of them, ooh, yeah, like them shits. Like, <laughs> I've yeah. never heard him do a, do a whole spiel. So, I mean, we got to... I'd have to I'd have to hear his entire body of work before I can commit him to such an important day like a wedding. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's yeah. gonna he's gonna have to. It's gonna be like uh, the voice where I just gotta hear him and I'll just hit my button and turn around. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like, that's it. It would be, Time and you turn go. around and, and you turn around as a, as a judge. You just be like, like jaw on the floor, right? You'd be like, I yeah, can't exactly. believe that voice came from a monster. Exactly. Like Thank God. Thank God, man. Thank God. I, I would have assumed he was an old man, but he, his hair is back to his natural, natural-ish color or dyed color or... What do you mean? Wrestling. It's black again. It's black again. It's black yeah. again is what I'm trying to say. So it's, it's less it's less unbelievable coming from a, a heavyset, tall black man with dark hair. Now, if he was a heavyset, tall black man with gray hair, that's the look. You know what I mean? That's yeah, why I'm like, whoa, so. that's that's... That's the shocking look. But seeing turn around and seeing a guy like Keith Lee sound like that, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That works. Yeah. I think the only thing that would be more like kind of like uh awe-inspiring than seeing Keith Lee just wrestling in his tights would mm. just be see Keith Lee in like a like a tuxedo, like a really well-tailored tuxedo, you know, yeah. with the with the old-fashioned microphone in his hand. And yeah, anyway. That might be my pick. Anyway, um, we got a lot to talk about this week. Let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. 
Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, man? Doing all right, buddy. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good. Um, we were. I was looking at looking at you know the the, the rundown. And we've, you know, we we talked a lot about CM Punk over the past six months. Talked a lot about the the bloodline, and I decided I wanted to talk about some of the guys we never talk about. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into that a little later. We're gonna do a top ten ranking of of the the dudes, uh, gender neutral dudes who uh, who we just don't talk about. Uh, so uh, it's we'll, we'll we'll get to that. First things first, though, we had a big night of AEW Dynamite last night. Before we get to AEW Dynamite, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about NXT, but I do want to give a massive, massive shout out to Braun Breaker and Ilya Dragunov, who had just an epic, an epic match on NXT this week uh, to determine who's the number one contender for Carmelo Hayes' title. Dragunov is the answer. Um, It was a really interesting match. You know, I mean, Dragunov is probably... Pound for pound, well, <laughs> pound for pound, certainly the best guy at selling other people's uh, move sets. Yes, um, just he he just will makes he he hurts himself more selling, you know, than even the implicit amount of the damage the move would do. Um, made Braun look like a million bucks. Made uh, Braun held his own in the whole match. It was interesting seeing though. If you go back and watch, I think I feel like the first half of the match, Dragonoff was working a little bit carefully with Braun. Mm. Like he was selling really hard, but working on offense a little bit loose. I don't mean that in a bad way, but it felt like he was just, you know, just just let, you know, uh, just easing Braun in, to making feeling it out, making sure that you know, Braun was it was game to work a real Dragon Off style match and by the second half, they were both all in and it was just nuts, man. That spear from when Dragon Off came off the top. Yeah. I mean, there were so many, there were so many big, big moments. Um, and of course, dragging off a guy with an injury history like that, you, there's points where you're watching the match and you're just like, please, like, just let him get through this match in one piece. You know, that yeah. one match, what was the spot where he got knocked out and did like the, the back, like bent over backwards, like matrix style and like was stayed on his feet, but his, his head touched the ground. Um, dude, I mean, that was a freaking, that was a match, man. Yeah, Dragunov has the sort of offense that sort of scares me watching it, right? Like, a lot of his big, high-impact stuff are, like, basically just throwing his body at people, (laughs) like, throwing his head at people with with such force, like, almost like, it's almost, uh, I think Darby Allen's, like, the closest I can compare it to about somebody who just comes at you with such force that it's almost like, oh man, there's no preparing for that. You just gotta be no, <laughs> just gotta mean, be ready for a human being to just chuck himself at you. The Darby Allen thing, and by extension, the early Jeff Hardy thing, you yeah. know, he's compared to Jeff a lot though, is it, there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief It's where it's like, you know, you can drop a uh, uh, an ant off of uh, the roof and it doesn't get hurt because it's just, you know, it's lighter weight. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> less gravity affects him a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why as Jeff got older, when he would do the swanton or whatever, you could just hear the thump of like him hitting the mat. You were just like, oh my God, that looks like it. That now, now this is dangerous. Yeah, it's um, my tailbone watching it. But Dragonoff, Dragonoff is just just so solid. And he does and he just he it's not just the it's not that he falls, it's that he like he throws himself. You know, the, the, what's what's the, what's his move called where he where you know the guy's his opponent's like, you know, on his knees and he instead of doing the 
like the kick to the back of the head. He just does like the spinning headbutt to the back of the head. It's basically just like a reverse neck to neck collision. I'm sure that's the one you were thinking of. That's, I mean, it's, there's, listen, there's a way you do that safely. You know, it's not like it's, it's some, something where we just say he shouldn't be allowed to do that, but the implicit torture, <laughs> the, impl- the implicit damage that he could, could conceivably be doing to himself, just, it makes it hard to watch in a certain way, but you know, I love that's it. That's what makes it unique, though, man. Like, that's why I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And a lot of his offense, the magic of pro wrestling is doing stuff that looks painful that probably really isn't, right? Like, that probably, mm-hmm. not not that it's not painful, but less painful than one would imagine, right? Yeah. Like, you're giving the illusion of you're doing a running headbutt into a seated person to the back of his head. Yeah. And the setup is so brilliant that even if you look closely, we're just kind of like, oh. Okay, he turns at the last second, and he's really just landing on his ass at an even smaller, mm-hmm. less, less, uh, you know, uh, less prone position, right? So it's interesting, man. I, and and I guess props got to go to to Dom Toretto, uh, uh, aka Braun mm-hmm. Breaker, and uh, I think he's really his character is starting to really believe. Click? Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's starting to click, right? Like he is not just—he's uh, not—he's not the—he's not, the, not the the Steiner Brothers tribute act anymore, right? Like, and I, and I think that's what he kind of was uh, in in the beginning of his career in NXT with the, with the with the tights and you know the 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 Steiner and Big Papa Pump sort of callbacks, and now he's really turning into his own and uh, having the badass on the trunks or on the singlet. <laughs> I'm not how sure I feel about the badass, but I do like the all black singlet. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it better than the whatever, the tie dye. I like it better than the Steiner Brothers. Stick. I think was, the Steiner Bro- Brothers tribute tights, you can like pull those out for a big event or something, sure. you know, but like, sure. but I do like him having his own sort of look. It's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And his own um, sort of attitude, man. Like he's, uh, his whole character has just turned into like, I don't want to say Goldberg light, because this is not like the undefeated Goldberg, but if you remember, like the wild version of Goldberg, the one that like punched the window <laughs> yeah. towards the end of WCW, that's kind of that's kind of what he reminds me of right now. Like, well, I mean, far be it from me to yeah. say anything bad about our Lord and Savior Bill Goldberg, but never, never that. There was a certain sort of anxiety that you would have watching big Goldberg matches too, like you were talking about with Dragonoff, which is just like I'm, I'm not talking about his recklessness, but like I don't know how he's going to pull it off, right? Like I don't know how they're going to segue from this spot to whatever happens next. I'm not sure this is going to work uh, because Goldberg was not that kind of wrestler. And but here's the thing, with Braun Breaker, you're not worrying about that stuff anymore. It's amazing how far he's come in the ring. And again, he's had the uh, the privilege of some immensely talented dance partners. Uh, But beyond that, his character, like you said, is evolving and evolving. And, you know, we really saw for like the the peak black and gold era of NXT, NXT, you know, was was more of a finishing school for the main roster, right? They got these guys with a bunch of indie indie talent and indie, you know, resumes and they, and they, they, they polished them up. And they were like, now, you know, we think you're ready for the big time. Uh, mileage varied on that, I guess, but, uh, but, but now they're really allowing folks to evolve as characters uh, to show the different things they can do and work out the kinks so that we don't know if Braun got called up tomorrow, if he got, gets called up in six months or a year, we don't know what character he's going to be when he pops up, you know, what version of what iteration of Braun, but what we do know is 
he can pull off whichever one it is, and then there, he'll have, you know, other iterations in his back pocket. So, you know, obviously this heel work has been a real revelation. And in the moment, it feels like this is exactly where they should be going with him in the main roster. We'll see. By the way, uh, no word on his main roster future. And also, uh, Meltzer has reported that the Creeds are not getting called up anytime soon. So mm-hmm. that whole conversation we had last time or last week, you could toss that one out, I guess, Might for now. Might be null and void. Might be null and void. Um, so we'll but see. I, mean, I, don't I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if I know Meltzer is, you know, the Lord and Savior of all wrestling news and rumors or whatever. But I mean, NXT have are kind of already established, especially this year, that it's a little fluid, right? Like mm-hmm. it's definitely like it, it. It doesn't matter if you know Carmelo Hayes is on SmackDown or NXT during the week or Braun Breakers uh, on Raw or the Judgment Days on NXT. Like everything's so fluid right now. It wouldn't shock me if the Creed brothers come to, you know, the tag team division is still really starting to elevate and and start to, you know, change for the past several months that it wouldn't shock me that if he's not, they're not called up, but I'm willing to put some money down that the next time we see them in action is probably on a main roster show. Maybe they're not all the way NXT talents. Maybe they're not all the way with main roster talents. Maybe that story continues with the schism and, all that type of stuff, but I, uh, uh, Meltzer's been wrong before. <laughs> Just, you know, he's been wrong um, before. It's true. It's true. He did like couch it by saying like he thought it was a lie when he was told that. And then it turns out it wasn't a lie. So I guess he's done his, I guess he's done his work. Um, by the way, Kaz, you started off that, that, uh, bit by saying it doesn't matter Kern, can we just get the it doesn't matter sound drop from Wyclef and the Rock <laughs> every time somebody says it doesn't matter? <laughs> Gosh, that song premiered on TRL, man. I remember that day. That was wow. like a, that was like a pivotal moment in my in my adolescence watching The Rock on Total Request Live with Wyclef Jean. That like that might have been what like, rock era was that? Was that like he wasn't quite shaved head, but had like the short haircut? Rock. He had he had the short haircut. He was still Versace shirt in it. This is I think this might have been his first real big baby face push. Like after the corporation, oh, after so earlier, that. yeah, okay. So he was still like this was pre. If I might be wrong, this might be pre or the same year of WrestleMania X7, if I'm not mistaken. It, it might be a, a year before that or a year after that, but it's right around that era of rock. And mm-hmm. um, dog, it's wild, man. You ever you ever just sit and think like shit that is just like burned into your memory banks and like, damn, I wonder how much that really influenced me, my life, and my career choices. Just watching The Rock on TRL with Wyclef premiering a music video. <laughs> like, who knows where little Kazim would be if he didn't see that that, that clip. And no Wyclef, matter how man, terrible this all always, was. Always regarded as a tastemaker. He got in on that, that, that mainstream rock business before most other people. So, oh, you know, yeah. I guess big shout to him. Hey, man, um, he's, he knows talent. <laughs> we got a lot to discuss on Dynamite. I think that the big, big news coming out of last night is that uh, we have... The, the fifth members of both the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club for Blood and Guts have been announced, have been revealed. Um, one of them was long rumored. That was Kota Ibushi joining the Elite, I guess, reforming the Golden Elite. That's a huge, huge thing. Um, sure. I'm, how will people know who this guy is? He's been in Japan this whole time. I mean, I don't know. Did they? Did they Nick have a Wayne, video? Month? Nick Wayne had. <laughs> Nick Wayne had. I'm joking. Had fans chanting his name in the main event of Dynamite last night. Nick Wayne, who like just turned 18. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and like folks like us barely know who he is. 
Uh, I think that I think that you know nature finds a way, as they say in Jurassic Park. Kotobushi is 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 um, not hard to find on YouTube or other social media. If you want to know why he matters in this match, uh, it's not that difficult to figure out. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know exactly why he matters. His long of and storied history with Kenny Omega, and of all of the storylines that I mean, of all the you know the, the 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 free agents or whatever out there in the world, even the Forbidden Door. That's not free agency. The Forbidden Door matches that that are out there. Kota Bushi, who's not with New Japan at the moment, I guess rumored to be still negotiating a deal with them, and we'll see. But he seems to be a little bit on walkabout right now. But he he was the one name that everybody had been talking about from the beginning. There are rumors that he would go to WWE at various times. Um, he's just an incredibly talented, incredibly charismatic, total package guy. And who knows if this is just a one-off with AEW, but even if it is, um, what a huge get for them. Yeah, and I mean... It, it definitely feels like with him. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm being I'm being facetious when I say how does anybody not know this guy? But you know, Kota Ibushi is uh, yeah, like you said it plain as day. Like he's the one guy or, or one of the guys that when Forbidden Doors are talking about, where New Japan sort of the sort of pipeline of talent that kind of gets shuffled in between both uh, companies and. Even just the story of the elite itself and just how it became what it was before AEW even launched. I feel like Kota Ibushi was definitely one of the big, um, you know, one of the big figures in wrestling that hasn't really been touched in the AEW yet. And um, man, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm a big fan of his, obviously, you know, um, we got a, a little taste of him in the Cruiserweight Classic in WWE uh, way back when, which was, which was awesome. Uh, but nuts to think that he was a cruiserweight at that point, right? The I mean, a lot of the folks jacked. in that in that tourney no. were legit cruiserweights. Well, he's jacked, but also just the size, average size has come down. I mean, if he walked into WWE tomorrow, I don't think he would be significantly smaller than a lot of the guys at the top of the card, right? right. Um, but yeah, he, he's so crazy, and and just like you know, the elite is a, a more of a chorus than than uh, an abiding principle in AEW you know they just you, you always come back around to the refrain at some point and that's the the elite getting together and doing some stuff but just like with the bloodline storyline Kota Bushi is like another gear that they can go into right it's like the it's another phase of the story it sort of legitimizes the return of the elite in a way as a, in, a, in in storytelling terms and um and man I can't wait to get him in there of course he'll be staring across the ring at Pac who is uh, I guess taking Danielson's place as the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And what a perfect member of the club. I mean, I know he's not an official member. He's there just because, you know, uh, he got his nose broken by the elite or whatever. But, and that's in storyline terms. Um, but, you know, uh, with, with with Regal's departure from AEW, the Blackpool Combat Club was missing a certain British element, you know. Yeah. And, and, and Pac can, can, can do some of that. I mean, can take some of that if, if, he, if he decides to stick around. Also, um... There's all the stuff going on with with um, with Jericho and Don Callis, and I know Don Callis isn't fully a member of the combat. Club. I don't I don't really understand how the alignment goes here, but I'm always a mark for heel factions that can just that are just like galactic empires that just can just destroy a company for a while. And uh, mm -hmm. the you know the combat club is is set up to do that if that's the way they want to go. Um, but Pac, man, that was a cool debut. Camera almost spoiled it a few seconds too early, but uh, but man, that was it, that was so cool to see him in there, and they made him look like 
I mean, he is a super duper star, but they made him look like they made him look like a million bucks there too. Yeah, I don't know if you've been peruse social media as much as I do, but I've just been seeing these uh, murder Abushi clips that have been mm-hmm. floating around. I mean, I've, I've I've said this on the show plenty of times since the launch of AEW. Uh, I haven't kept up with New Japan as much as, as I used to, obviously, because I like sleep and they have a U.S. wing. So if they have U.S. shows, I can catch that. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, a lot of um, Ibushi's sort of last uh, run in New Japan, I haven't really caught. But I did catch this murder Ibushi stuff and um, kind of terrifying, right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, everybody who's, who's watched the show keeps saying, oh, BCC better hope that murder Ibushi doesn't uh, show up and you know Mikey Rucks who does all their uh, theme music that was the first thing he's, he he tweeted was Murder Ibushi which is this no selling sort of super version of Kota Ibushi who just legitimately punches and kicks you uh, like a real fight and man can he throw a punch <laughs> like it's you know um, so I'm really excited to see that sort of I love violence violence is my jam when it comes to pro wrestling so um I love the Golden Star stuff. I love the the flippy shit. But, man, when you could just beat the shit out of each other for a couple of minutes, that's my jam right there. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that Kota Ibushi stays around for a while, right? Like, I don't know what Kenny's plans are for for All In in, in, in Wembley, but would it shock you if they start planting the seeds for a Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega at, at, at Wembley Stadium? Having them go one on one, yeah, I feel like that's something you got to do, right? Eventually. Yeah, I, mean, I sure. I or think to there's, yeah, yeah right. no, I think that there's a million different iterations of this you could do now. Throwing a bushi in there that would just be incredibly interesting, right? I mean, I don't know if you feel like you need, you probably need a Kenny Omega, not need, but I'm sure maybe you like a Kenny Omega solo match at Wembley, and maybe a is the way to go. Maybe they go some other way with that. Maybe they do a with. And, you know, and Hangman teaming up against somebody. I don't know. You can do so much different stuff, man. And 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 it's really cool. I would love to see Abushi Takeshita, uh, Moxley here in AEW. Um, there's just so much you could do. Man, just do Abushi Pac. I mean, who's going to say no to that? You know, I mean, there's oh, yeah. just so much cool yeah, stuff you can you do. Um, but yeah, uh, great. Now I got Murder Abushi highlights going in the background. This podcast is going to grind to a halt. Um <laughs> I mentioned uh, uh, Jericho and Don Callis. <laughs> great, great throwback footage to those guys in Bad News Allen, a.k.a. Bad News Brown. Um, uh, what else? Oh, before we uh, get to the rankings, um, must mention our guy Max, MJF, and Adam Cole, who are officially the most entertaining odd couple tag team of all time. I think I have no... <laughs> we could do odd couple tag team rankings next time. But yeah. uh, but they are so much fun together that if the point here was to bring them together just to tear them apart, you got to be sort of second guessing it now. At least the timeline, right? Doesn't this feel like this feels like they got some magic here and that you they know, might just need to leave these guys together for a while? I'll tell you this, man. I love me some Adam Cole. But there was something about bleeding heart, white meat, babyface Adam Cole that I just wasn't really vibing with as much as mm-hmm. cocky, you know, asshole Adam Cole that we loved from Undisputed Era. And I'm starting to see with MJF, right? Like, once upon a time, Sami Zayn was supposed to be like a one-off sort of jokey thing that happened with the bloodline. And it yep. turned into 
one of the greatest storylines in WWE history. One thing AEW has, I'm not saying they're lacking it right now because they do do it, but I just don't think they do it enough, is what MJF and Adam Cole have shown to have in spades of, which is being able to not just entertain, but, um, you know, do the simple things right, right? Like the simple, like the fact that a body slam and a double clothesline is drawing those type of reactions lets you know that the the basics still fucking work. And the MJF yep. for all the all the crazy stuff that MJF does and and the the pulling behind the curtain and all that type of stuff, I don't think anybody does the basic shit better than him right now. And it's going to keep him around and that's what's going to make him a a person who's successful at pro wrestling for as long as he wants to be successful at it because he's so young and he's still so good at it that it's almost given a a second sort of life to his world title run. It was getting kind of boring. Not going to hold you. The Four Pillars thing was a little whack, not going to lie. Like, I mean, the, the match was great, but the lead up to it was just all not great, not good at all. Uh, the best stuff that he's done was with Wardlow, in my opinion, and with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. The mock stuff, and, the, and most of that stuff was all storyline driven. So, I mean, listen... I think the fact that we're even questioning that if they should keep this together lets you know that they're probably going to hit on a level where when the eventual breakup does happen, and maybe it lasts longer than we expect it to. Maybe they, maybe this thing was supposed to be a month. Maybe it goes four months now. Maybe it goes uh, the whole year. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like some Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens thing. Where, you know, they just build that shit up for an entire year. I, I I don't know if they have the patience for that, but you have to, for a company that is very big on listening to what the fans want, and not necessarily saying, like, you gotta turn MJF babyface, but man, is that crowd just dying to cheer for that dude, right? Like, they just, they want, they want to cheer him non-ironically so bad and you know what? Sometimes you just got to do it. And the best thing about it is the fans are already doing it for you. The storyline's already good enough that when he does finally turn, or how maybe Adam Cole turns heel, now you got something that's unique. Now you got something that's different. And now you got yep. a new energy to your world title picture because this is the most interesting thing happening. And it happens to involve your world champion also. If I was, man... I'm not even against Adam Cole turning on him and and turning heel. You know what I mean? And 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 doing that. And then maybe that's what makes MJF even more of a dick because it's like, look, I actually opened myself up to this guy that I actually looked up to and I really respected. And now I got to even be more of a fucking devil. You know what I yeah. mean? So there's they they struck they got gold here. They struck something really good and I want to see how long they keep it rolling. Um because I mean, they 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 gotta win the tournament now, right? Like we gotta see them versus the uh, FTR for the tag team titles and see what comes of that. Because they 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 got it, man. It's it's a, it's been done a zillion times in WWE television. And the reason why it's been done a zillion times is because most of the times it fucking works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, I mentioned Nick Wayne. He had a, I guess, nominally a main main event match uh, last night against uh, Swerve Scott. Uh, sorry, Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland, yeah. That's one of those hypercorrective things where every time it comes out of my mouth right, I think I'm saying the wrong thing, and so I fix it, and then I've gotten it wrong somehow. Um, it was a great match, really exciting. To, I mean, Nick Wayne is a uh, is going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, uh and everybody should go check that out. I mean, I assume everybody saw that. There are a bunch of just crazy, crazy spots in there. And Swerve just worked his ass off. I mean, Swerve always looks like a star. But Swerve is one of these guys that a combination of booking, placement on the card, and and just, you know, the exigencies of broadcast. Uh, you know, our corporate overlords force us to talk about CM Punk and the bloodline way too much. Um, mm. We don't talk about Swerve Strickland, Swerve Strickland enough, despite the fact that he's a friend of the show and just one of the you know one of our most beloved pro wrestlers. For sure. Um, but we talk about Swerve a bare minimum. That got me thinking: who are the guys that we don't talk about even as much as Swerve, who deserve to be talked about more? Mm. Right? We got. I got so so I put together a top ten list. Let's talk about it. I got I got some some names if if they don't make that list that I'd love to talk about too. I don't, I mean, I have, I mean, listen, I got folks from Impact on this list. We never talk about Impact. Um, or, well, almost never. So, yeah, this is a pretty wide-ranging list. Let's get into it. What you got? And this is, I, I, I roughly put these names in order, um, but uh, yeah, they're not in like a real hard like I, i'm not if you want to argue about i'll, I'll this, let you i'll let you know what should be in order if you let me if you want to argue about the seating i'm not going to argue back too much okay all right okay. i won't put them in, in numerical order but i'll let you know if they're like a one seed or an eighth seed <laughs> how about that uh the, my number 10 and actually is number 10 because he's on the swerve in the swerve category of we it's not that we never talk about him but we don't talk about him enough for everything that he does. Mm. So in some ways, this guy should be ranked much higher. But I, I, I marked him way down because he is semi-present uh, in our discussions. And that's Mustafa Ali. Ah, I like that. Love like watching that everything that he's doing in NXT. Yes. Uh, love every time he pop up on the main roster. Man, I love his failures. Retribution. I mean, I this guy's he's so talented. And he's got... That sort of, I don't know, he's got that chip where you, where it's sort of like we were talking about Grayson Waller last time. Like when he's on screen, he doesn't seem like he's playing a character, even though right. he so clearly is. He just is a guy who was born to be a pro wrestler and he has all the talent in the ring that you would ever ask for, you know? So, I mean, I don't know what the plan, what the, what the long term plan is. I don't know if he'll ever be a main eventer, but he's, he is a, he is a top flight dude 
who yeah. deserves better, who deserves more conversation on this show. Ali did something that a lot of wrestlers do, but did it the smart way. Like when they're not getting on TV, they just start putting stuff out on social media and putting stuff out on the internet just to like get some sort of buzz up. And once I saw, once I saw that, I was like, this dude is so fucking smart. Like that that's, it's, it's the wrestling version of Z true Hollywood story where it's like, all right, if you're not going to put me on TV, I'm just going to, you know, go and just put my own content out there. And hopefully this tracks with, with, you know, Titan Towers or whatever. But those videos that Ali was putting out of just these incredible chain wrestling uh, that he would do like in his training facility and those sharpshooters that he was learning and just figuring out just these incredible moves that, you know, even the most casual wrestling fan could pick up and be like, that guy's fucking nice, <laughs> right? Like, that's that's what Ali does so well. And um, I think that's a reason why, you know, NXT kind of fits him, right? Like, yeah. I, I, a funny thing is, the the person he's currently involved with was somebody that was on my list of people oh, we never too. talk about. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 for the rest of this because we actually never talk about him despite being a champion. Exactly, exactly. So we'll talk about him in a bit, but um, you know, I got to work with Ali a lot in in WWE, and um, you know, he was you know when you first get in there, they throw you on two hundred five live, and you know, you work with a lot of the two hundred five guys just to kind of get your feet wet, and you know, Ali was a guy that I saw just be so dedicated to the craft of professional wrestling that it was just admirable everything that he took to whether it was a small ass backstage whether it was a match with half the crowd in the arena as they were coming in to fill in the seats for raw like even with the cruiserweight classic and um the 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 rivalry he had with uh cedric alexander like go back and watch those matches man watch that watch that cruiserweight championship match with cedric alexander at wrestlemania a few years ago you can't tell me that's one. Of, that's not one of the best matches you'll ever see by anybody. And if you replace the moves and the people uh, with different names, like if the people that were do it that did that match was Kota Ibushi and, and Kenny Omega, people would be like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life." Like that's how that's how smooth of a wrestler he is. I'm a big big fan of Mustafa Ali, and I'm a big fan that of him never afraid to lean in. That's a big thing with me. When you're not afraid to lean into shit, good, bad, or indifferent, like, I'm a fan of you because it's like, all right, you're trying to, you're, you are committed to make shit work. And eventually shit will work out for people like that. Yeah. I agree. Uh, next on my list, another NXT uh, notable, still very young. Um, and we've been mentioned on this show before, usually from the mouth of Phil Schneider when he's been on. But uh, but Charlie Dempsey, son of the one and only Steven Regal, is a freaking star. And I make I go out of my way to watch him every time that he's on TV, um, to watch everything I can, just to watch the progression. Because uh, he's a dude. If he was in AEW, he would be right there, probably a you know equal to or above. You know the Daniel Garcias. I mean, now I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but he'd be there on the on the on the level with some of the young lions of AEW. Were he there, um, he's so gifted, and he's I don't know. I mean, I I just I just love him, just love him, and you know he's never 
uh, not really been in, that, in positions that many times to get mentioned. I think I remember saying his name once or twice because of something that happened on NXT. Um, but anyway, love that dude. Uh, next, I got a guy. Can I throw a guy? Yeah, throw, throw a guy, a guy in there. We talk about Carmelo Hayes all the time, but mm-hmm. we never really lean into what Trick Williams could be. It's true. Right? Like, Trick's got a great look. He was go like, I always talk about the eye test, especially for these NXT guys. And like Damian Priest is a great person mm-hmm. to fill in for the for the Randy Orton test that that Dave so eloquently uh, uh, invented. And him going face to face with Damian Priest was like, oh man, all right, this guy is, yep. you know, he's got some goods. He's got great, great promo work. Um, he's super charismatic. He's got an incredible look, and the fact that he's next to Carmelo Hayes all the time. Puts him in prime position for anything that he'd want to do after whatever, right? Because eventually, as all things do, they probably uh, run their course and probably break up or something like that. But, you know, Trick Williams, man, six, what, six, two, six, three, pretty tall guy, um, guy that can talk and, and is very unique, doesn't really sound like anybody out there, but sounds like people that I know in real life, which is always a big thing for me. You know what I mean? Like, I love guys that can cut promos that, sound like real people <laughs> and yep. um trick williams is great at that man um i know he really he tried like the muhammad ali sort of shtick in the beginning of his career and the beginning of the nxt run and um he's really been passing these 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 eye tests with the main roster guys i'm a big fan of trick williams and we never really get to talk about him as far as you know uh i guess what's what's the word i'm looking for uh, potential out of NXT yeah. and and people no, that he, he, have he's the in ability. That, that's the, the the supporting role, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. To- co-sign everything you said. My next guy is a guy who was who was also in a supporting role on the main roster recently in NXT, mm. um, and also with just all the upside in the world. But getting to show it if you're watching, as I think most people watching listening to the show are. And that's Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium. Okay, okay, like that, like that pick. I mean, he's got obviously all the physical tools. Anybody that's seen him work, I mean, he's he. he it's not like he doesn't wrestle. He wrestles a lot. But anybody mm-hmm. that's seen his pre NXT work uh, knows it. But just the just the acting and comedy skills that he gets to show out there every week, mm-hmm. um, being the sort of mouthpiece of the group. Just the stuff that goes on in his face. As we say over and over again, I mean, this stuff is increasingly important. It's not just, you know, the Hulk Hogan face of shock, yeah. uh, face yeah. of anger, um, face of pain. Uh, Kaiser's got all levels, you know. I mean, and he can he can work in high, you know, Dwayne Johnson style uh, ironic comedy, and and also just be real serious. I mean, be real, just effectively at 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 at, at conveying a message like you know, Heyman and all of, the, all of his students in the bloodline with his face. Uh, I think Kaiser's just incredible. And uh, he's in a great role now, you know, riding shotgun. Uh, and, but, I mean, he's he is a, he, we're going to look back on his days in, in Imperium at some point and just be like, holy shit, I can't believe that guy was sitting right there. Why did they let him do that for so long? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how legal this is or how important this is, but like how you've come up with the Randy Orton test to mm-hmm. see how people look. I think we got to come up something 
come up with something like the Samantha Irvin test, right? Like, <laughs> Samantha Irvin is. I have no idea that- where this is going. I cannot wait for this to be the last episode of the show. Go ahead. <laughs> wow, that's not where I was taking it. All right, but no, if. Uh, I truly believe if Samantha Irvin doesn't put that stank on your name when she's introducing you, (laughs) if she's not putting that stank on your name when she's introducing you, then it's hard for me to really get behind you at some point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm almost like, this is going to be another, uh, I mean, I didn't think about it until just now, but goddamn, I've become such a fan of Chelsea Green. Just she was a, of she was way. a la- she 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 was an omission from my list, but she was, she was definitely no on the long list. Yeah, yeah. Like I've become such a fan of Chelsea Green. Only like, and it really started because of how Samantha Irvin pronounces her name and and mm-hmm. introduces her. Because every single thing that, and it's great, right? Like every single way she introduces somebody is almost like an intro into who this person is. Like yeah. she even says their name the way you should think about that person, right? Like, when she says, and Ludwig Kaiser. Like, it's, yeah. it's so classy and so hoity-toity. Just do like, you think oh, okay. that if you don't like the way that Samantha Irvin says your name as a wrestler, you can go to her and say, like, I want to try it again? It's like, she's, got a, to. Is she the got mer- <laughs> if she's like the merch designer and you're like, no, I like what you did here. I just don't think this shirt really conveys me as a character. Can you go to Samantha and, I mean, and I- ask her for a, nut, for, for a redo? See, that's that's tricky. That's tricky, right? Like, you can go there and I mean, her, her, I feel like her success rate is so high. She could be like, yeah, whatever, kid. Like, I got this. <laughs> or mm-hmm. it could be like, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best. And maybe, you know, maybe you just, you just don't got that thing yet. Right. Like, yeah. and I think, uh, I think once you get that thing, Samantha can sort of work that into the way you're introduced. Like, Chelsea Green. Before she teamed up with, with with Sony Deville, I didn't really get the dichotomy of their tag team until I literally heard her introduce them. She's like, and coming down to the ring, Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, ah, I see. I get what's being portrayed here. And that's what I get with Ludwig Kaiser. He is a, a, a big, big proponent of the Samantha Irvin test and lets you know you got to pay attention to this guy just to the way she announces him. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, I'm looking at my list now. I'm just going to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep going with WWE right now. The guy we alluded to earlier, Wesley. Yes. Um, NXT, North American champion. Um I, like I said, I mean, we don't mention Wesley sometimes when he has a championship match on a major show, and that's mm-hmm. our fault. I remember I met him at uh, well, in Dallas at the hotel, got to talk to him a little bit. Just an incredibly nice, like, easygoing guy. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I never expected this kind of solo career out of him from that point in time. And he has been just a revelation, just week after week, match after match. Uh, he is um, maybe one of the, I'm going to have one of the best bell to bell track records uh, since he won the championship as anybody over that span of time, not in terms of wins and losses, but just in terms of work rate of, of storytelling within, within the matches that he has um, doesn't get a lot of spotlight because there's bigger things going on in NXT at any given time. And certainly bigger things going on in WWE but oh my God, Wesley, what a boss, man. I fuck with Wesley uh, because, like you said, it could have been really bad for him at one point. And um, it hasn't. 
it has not become bad for him. He's been oh, an been absolute terror. He's uh he's got a great look. Um, and all of his matches are extremely memorable. And for folks that still yearn for that level of NXT sort of matches that are just bell to bell sort of sprints and bangers and whatever euphemism you want to call it. Um, he's got that. And I'm a big fan of his, man. The North American Championship. I feel like the North American Championship has like the lineage of like, you know, being that sort of performer on the card of, mm -hmm. you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, it the old IC the, title thing. It's yeah, the work rate it, belt. It's the work rate belt. Exactly. It is a work rate belt. So um nah man, shout out to uh Wesley. He's a guy I really fuck with. Uh, can, can I can I can I throw a name out there? Do it, man. Yo, shout out to Big Bill. <laughs> oh <laughs> right? yeah. Like, shout out to Big Bill, man. P Bill, uh the the former big cast of of WWE fame. Um He's been through a lot personally, but I feel like he's really gotten himself together. Mm -hmm. And just as far as the package is concerned, his matches have been great. He's still a massive dude. And, oh. um, you know, he's people forget, man, like he was in universal title matches once upon a time. He was, yep. along with Enzo Amori, arguably one of the hottest acts in wrestling at one point, right? Oh, like, for sure. And, you know, I think he's really, he's really turned it around a lot. And uh, I, I like to see what, um, what AEW continues to do with him. They continue to put him in pretty solid spots. You know, obviously nothing like title chasing or anything like that. But, you know, uh, I just feel like in a company like that, dudes like him are going to stand out even more. Mm -hmm. And I think that was definitely the idea of bringing him in or him just sort of going there. So I fuck with big, uh, big Bill, man. I think I don't think he gets enough love recently. No. And uh, MJF's body slamming him last night might be the peak <laughs> of his AEW experience so far. I don't really mean that as a as a joke. I think that you know it's going to get him on a lot of uh, social media. You know that that gif is going to keep going around and around. I think that you know Big Bill is a treasure, man. I mean, I think that he could he could be doing so much more there. He's one of those guys that it's just sort of, we talk about this, we should name this category at some point, but it's just sort of like they're like they're exactly as, as significant as the degree to which you get behind them. You know? If he showed up in WWE tomorrow or NXT or wherever, and it was just like, this is the, you know, if he, and he, if he showed up in, on Raw on Monday night and big booted Seth Rollins in the head, nobody would be like, why, why is this jobber doing this? Like, you, he <laughs> feels as big as the role you put him in. And, yeah. um, you know, AW is it's a little bit tricky. It, it's historically been tricky to to take some of these sort of monster wrestlers who aren't necessarily five star work rate guys and fit them into the main event picture. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We saw it with Murder Hawk. I mean, there's a there's a long list, not a long list. There is a there there is a list though. Um, but man, he could be doing so much more. He's so he's so talented. I would love to see him get in a feud with somebody who can just really go and just give it a, see what can happen. Um, but I totally agree with you on that pick. Um, my next pick, I'll, I'll put do three picks together in the interest of of moving things along. I picked three, and I could have gone more, but three Impact Wrestling talents that we never talk about. We didn't mention one of these guys, the leg, the living legend Alex Shelley, when he won the Impact Championship. <laughs> you said Alex Shelley, and for some reason in my mind, I, I, I thought of Alex Wright. 
Oh, God. <laughs> My bad. Yes. Alex we, Shelley. We actually did mention Alex right on the show a week or two ago. So that's, you know. Because he's, he's, he's a problem? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Alex Wright is a problem. Alex Shelley. A long, I mean, this guy's like borderline retired once or twice with yeah. the careers outside. Now he's the machine, the, the motor shooting machine guns reunited. Now they're both tight, individual titles. So or, yeah, in, individual title holders in, in, in impact. But Alex Shelley, finally your impact champion is just, he's the best man. I always loved him. That's a great story. That's and, a great uh, story, and man. watching him back on top. has just been so much fun. Also from that company, um, uh, knockout champ Deanna Perrazzo. Okay. She gets maybe mentioned once or twice, but like to me, she you knows she had a little fling in WWE, ended up back in Impact. Not always the best place to go in terms of just like keeping your Q rating up. Mm-hmm. She also was kind of, you know, working this gimmick of being the best wrestler in the world, which I think didn't do her any favors particularly. But I think she's finally, you know, not she didn't need to get her sea legs or anything. But now I just enjoy watching her so much and, uh, and, and, whatever she does here or next or whatever for the rest of her career i mean she's she's totally legit and then the third member of that roster that i have to mention the, the no list would have been complete without is speedball mike bailey who does mm. it again another phil schneider guy who gets mentioned um got mentioned because he was having like matches of the week working the indies you know left and right all over the uh, you know all over the place but um we haven't talked a lot about his impact wrestling work. He is just an just a an elite, elite. Everybody knows this. Absolutely top flight talent. Um, and I don't know if he eventually lands in AEW. And I don't mean to d- demean impact by just plotting out the future of mm-hmm. their, you know, talented wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But Speedball could can write his own ticket. He can do just it well. The, the government wrote him a ticket and that's why he couldn't wrestle in the United <laughs> States for a while. But, uh, but now that he's, now that his visa issues are cleared up, I mean, I, 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 the sky's the limit with this guy. He's so much fun to watch. Dude, he could be, I mean, he's a smaller dude, but he could be a huge dude in WWE because he is, he is a, it's kind of like how we were like fantasy booking Johnny Gargano into the into the Daniel Bryan role in WWE. Okay. I mean, Speedball could do that, man, because he can also do like all like he can do every move in the world. He's just an incredible, well, flippy, but also just you know, he can do everything, man. Uh, and I love him to death. So that's my that's my triumvirate of Impact Wrestling. There are more people. <laughs> there are more Impact stars on the long list, um, but yeah, but th- those are the three that made it. Next one up. Ring of Honor's own Athena, who... Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Maybe... Dude, I think she might be the most talented uh, women's wrestler in the AEW Ring of Honor uh, multiverse. Um, and is going out there and proving it every time she gets in the ring. Um, I actually have enjoyed her Ring of Honor work a great deal. And... Uh, and, and and like the that she's sort of pushing the boundaries at a point in a lot of people's career where they might just be, you know, spinning the wheels a little bit. Um, she goes out there hungry every single time she gets in the ring. And it, and it, it I mean, it is, it, it's just, she's impressive to watch. I'm always excited to see her in a match. And I think that coming off of me, you know, fantasy booking people leaving impact, I think in another world, I'd be fantasy booking just about anybody from a Ring of Honor situation moving on to the AEW roster or WWE. I kind of think Athena's found her spot. She's just like, 
in the sort of Mustafa Ali sense, just really embraced where she is and is making the most of it. And that is part of what makes her so incredible to watch. Yeah, you you could suffice to say that she's having like an Orange Cassidy type year, but Mm. as a woman, you know what I mean? Like every match she puts out is incredible to watch. And they got a great opportunity with her coming up with the Owen Hart tournament. I don't know. uh, I didn't read the spoilers. I don't know if she advanced to the finals or not, but I think that would be a smart decision to, to have her be in the finals, especially if she's your Ring of Honor women's champion. You know what I mean? And you want to continue to to make that brand feel important. Um, she's been incredible. She's been, she's, she's, you could make the argument that she's one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. And, you know, and, and if, and if she's not, she pops up on the list very soon once you're going down one, two, and three. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Athena's. Um, I'm, uh, can I throw in another name? Sure. Uh, uh, I don't think we talk enough about Zelina Vega. I think Zelina Vega good one. has, uh, it, you know, the LWO thing has really, she could have got pigeonholed very quickly, right? Like there was a time where she was just a manager and then she got let go and then she got brought back. And I don't think a lot of people really took her seriously as a, a viable contender in the women's division, right? Like she would come in and hit them little her and Karana's here and there, but they never really let her cook. Like they've let her cook recently. Mm-hmm. And um, God damn, she's amazing. Red's little sister, a little cousin or something like that. Like, of course she's fucking nice. Right. So yeah. uh, she's, she had a, she had a standout performance at the women's money in the bank match. I think that code red off the ladder was nuts. Um, and she plays a, a, an important role, almost similar to her, to Ray Mysterio, right? Like you're this little smaller person and you got the ability to just lucha the fuck out of people. And um, she's been awesome, man. I think I don't think she gets enough, uh, you know, mention in in, in a lot of wrestling circles because she, she has really good matches and she's very, very athletic. And um, she has a great look, too. And obviously, like, the, the, the stardom, the stardom is like, the sky's the limit over there. And it feels like they're still just scratching the surface with everything she got going on, man. Um, yeah, totally Man. agree. She's, she, I mean, she's, every time she has a big match, I just go in uh, not sure what to expect and come out just really impressed. Um, so she's definitely there. Uh, I think I have two left. Okay. Um, my next is, um, but and both of them are members of of groups, factions, shall we say, and, uh, and I could mention the entire, fa- each member of the faction is a separate bullet point. But uh, I'll just go with the with with the top dogs. And that uh, my number my number two pick is Chad Gable. Okay. Um, who go? It, it, there's I think about the, the listenership will probably split between people saying yeah obviously and people saying are you serious um, <laughs> because of the various roles he's had in WWE and the and the push or lack thereof they've given him so far. Now he's really excelling as part of as the 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 you know, nominal leader of Alpha Academy. But this dude is despite all of the laurels that I've passed out so far, probably the best wrestler on this list, bell to bell, uh, and is has the, the uh, you know, comedy acting chops, at least in pro wrestling terms, that that should make a promoter's mouth water. And it's working in WWE, you know? I mean, it's they got this faction, they all have shoosh on their shirts. Um, you know, that's all thanks to him. I tweeted this week, my one tweet of the month, 
uh, that's not a retweet. My, it was about um, Otis taking his his uh, varsity jacket off on the. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> yes. No. When I the Viking the Raiders came, when the Viking Raiders came down, uh, Gable and Otis were like, you know, wearing their Letterman's jackets, and and Otis took his off for the for the uh, the confrontation, but because of his size and shape, was unable uh, apparently just to take off his jacket. So he like reached over his head. He threw both arms up. And reached behind his head and yanked the jacket straight up in the air. Um, if there was just a, you know, a TikTok account of of Otis uh dealing with his mass and having and like trying on different clothes, I would probably pay a lot of attention to it. Um, Otis is another guy who you could just imagine in just about any role in the world. But Chad Gable is the real, just sort of elite talent. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see a pathway for him into the main event, or at least main event adjacent. Um, and, and just love everything that he does. My only complaint is that he's getting so good on the microphone that like, I don't, we don't see him wrestle, you know? I mean, I mean <laughs> he gets so much screen time. He does wrestle a lot, but, oh, yeah. um, you there know, was a time the, that he couldn't get on TV because he couldn't cut a promo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now look exactly. At now he's now freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, and the other one, number one, and this kind of shocks me to realize how little I've said his name, uh, over the past, well, since his return. Um, and that's Malachi Black. Uh, wow. You can make the case pretty easily for Brody King and Buddy Matthews to both be on this list if, if Malachi's Black's on the list. And you could, I mean, listen, you could imagine a world where either of those guys were just AW main eventers. But Malachi Black is is the leader of the group. He's been a, a absolute favorite of mine since he was Tommy End. Um, and... I've loved everything that he does. And it's still day in and day out. Shocking that he's not, you know, on the WrestleMania poster, uh, you know, just the just the front and center in AEW because he's that yeah. talented when he's healthy and uh, and and that compelling. The whole pack. He's got the whole package. He's got a little bit of that Bray Wyatt. Like, I got an idea. I don't really have a story thing going for him. But um, but there's no Malachi Black feud in AEW that I wouldn't watch. You no know, why, and and his obviously his NXT run was was brief but legendary, and I, he's just absolute tip top in terms of. I mean, there are, I you know, I feel confident about this list. There's a it, it's a relatively small number of people on this list who are just like, yeah, it should be a main eventer, could be easily, could be a main eventer tomorrow, mm-hmm. and he definitely fits that description easily. I mean, he's he's essentially a main eventer, right? Yeah, it's just you know. You, you can't have a, a zillion main eventers at one time. I think once that 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 spotlight goes back to him, or he gets that clock uh, when it's time to clock in, and he gets called up to 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 carry a main event storyline, I think he's going to blow it out the water because he's done it in the past. You know, so I'm a big fan of his. And um, god damn, I just he's fucking lethal ass kicker. I mean, and I hate comparing NXT runs to AEW runs because I just think it's two completely different operations, but. You know, you you watch what he did in NXT, and you just get the feeling that man, uh, he's probably better now than he was then. He just doesn't have, he just doesn't hasn't been put in that spotlight quite yet, especially for a singles title. And uh, he's done a great job of building up the buddies and the Brodies of the world. But you kind of hope and wish that eventually he's gonna he's gonna kick it up a notch and be in that world title scene. But who cares? Who knows? Who says? Um. Well, that's my list. You got any other ones you want to name? Nah, man, I'm good. That's that's all I got, bro. That's all I got, man. Oh, you know what? I got one. I got one. Shout out to Impact, right? Shout out to yeah. Moose. 
I don't think uh, we talk about Moose a lot. I'm a big fan of Moose. Uh, athletic as hell, big dudes, done everything that there is to do in that company. I think I think he's ready. You talk about guys who's ready for AWWWE. That's a guy. Yeah, that I there think are a lot of rumors right before he resigned last time that he was gonna make make the leap to one place or another. Yeah, yeah, I heard I heard such rumors. <laughs> uh, but I think I think he, that's a dude that we don't talk nearly enough about. And that's I think true. He's that's true. Awesome. He should have been on my impact list. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. I mean, there's a lot more. Um, I almost put Dirty Dango on the list. Speaking of Impact, he's been really entertaining me over there. You mentioned Chelsea Green. Uh, as far as AEW goes, Sheeta was another one. I couldn't decide whether or not we talk about Sheeta. So, but the answer is probably no. Although I know I've said her name out loud a number of times on this show, um, and certainly they, this doesn't reach the bar of of discussed less than Swerve because. You know, with with Jay White's arrival, there was a lot of discussion of Bullet Club Gold, but um, I think that the we, we don't talk about them nearly as much as we're going to be talking about them in the future. Juice Robinson could have made the list, I guess, because Juice is always that other guy in Bullet Club Gold, and he's been freaking on fire as like as as ineffective as or as sort of lo-fi as some of Bullet Club Gold's existence has been. Juice Robinson has been uh, uh, overachieving the entire time. Mm-hmm. Also. I, don't I was know. about to end this podcast on a nice bit of negativity. Don't even do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay. Next time. I'm not Next quite time. sure. Also, watching them, watching all Bullet Club Gold together uh, last Saturday, I'm not quite sure how Juice Robinson looks more like a gun brother than the gun brothers do. But if you see their faces together, it's a little bit uncanny. Anyway, um, is there anything else that we need to mention before we get out of here? Oh, uh, Mantar passed away. Um. Mike Mantar Halleck, who was a staple, a brief staple of my childhood, um, worked in the USWA in Memphis uh, as a as a Memphis only men- member of the Truth Commission when they took that gimmick back down there and beat Jerry the King Lawler for the <laughs> USWA title. But we know him in the WWE fans as Mantar, who was um, damn sort of Rest a piece, Mantar, bro. Yeah, I will say uh, uh, tape uh, at Tape Machines, a dude I follow on Twitter who's all incredibly entertaining wrestling follow, was really on the Mantar bandwagon and said, I'm just going to read his tweet because I think I'll co-sign this. He said, if they hadn't been so obsessed with the part of Mantar that was like, P.U., he stinks like a stinky cow from a disgusting farm, then there was no reason this dude couldn't have been a poor man's Vader. He could go. Um, you could, you'd see him on Action Zone or whatever with Vince wasn't calling. Uh, and Jim Ross had really try hard to put over the guy's amateur background and legitimate ability, uh, and he was great. Um, so anyway, Mike Halleck, Mantar, only 55 years old, gone too soon. They, you know, he was a dude, man. He was a dude. Got a lot of love for me in the WWE Ultimate show uh, to, what was it? Not Money in the Bank, the one before that. Uh, Backlash or something? Uh, Royal Rumble, I think it was. Got a lot of Mantar love, man. One of those random dudes that you get to, because the show is fun and you can just kind of fantasy book certain people that you never get to talk about. And I got a lot of love for just bringing up Mantar in the show. So um, rest in peace to him. Uh, was a favorite growing up and uh, we'll miss him. Definitely. Yeah, man. He had hooves, apparently. Yeah, That's what they kept trying to tell us. <laughs> it was really strange. Anyway, uh, you want to get some plugs in on the way out? Uh, not much to plug, man. Just catch me on points about USA and um, just follow me on socials. I'll be around. You know, you know what to do if you've been listening to the show. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed Wednesday worldwide. Cheap Heat, 
which is still going, even though Rosenberg just got married. And man, don't stop. He's, man, he's on. don't stop. Natalie was on this week. Nat- Natalie made Natalie was was uh, made a star turn this week. So shout out Natalie, man. Listen, Rosenberg's been on Ebro in the morning. Has done Michael K out here in New York City. The man has not missed a day of work, despite having the marriage, of, the wedding of the year, just this past Saturday. So shout out to the boy Rosenberg and that man. Congratulations. Weddings make good content. Sure Uh, does. (laughs) As any pro wrestling fan knows. Anyway, be sure to listen to all those great shows, including this one. Thank you to our our inimitable producer, John Karma. And apologies as always to John Moxley. Except John Moxley almost could have made this list. Because he's always (laughs) we we apologize about him a lot, but we don't talk about him nearly enough. So apologies, John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Monday, humanoids. Peace.